Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody. Annyeong haseyo. <laughs> you don't say it like that. You say it annyeong haseyo. That's how you say hello in Korean. I'm not a Korea boo, though. I just want to make that very clear. I'm just teaching y'all how to say hello. My name is Emily Heidel, and I am the host of the Believe in K-Pop show on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles's number one sports podcast network. So, obviously, it's a K-Pop show, and we've gone over this before, but... It doesn't just cover sports. It also covers yoga, which is not really a sport, but it has to do with body uh, movements. Um, it also covers like quick uh, pop culture news, um, director, you know, movie film, things like that. So you should go to Believe.com if you are interested in a variety of things because the Believe podcast number covers all of it that you can think of, including K-pop, which is why we're here. So we're back for the sixth episode. Thanks so much for being here. Um, I'm going to make this intro very quick because... The subject of the interview that I did is serious um, and not serious like, oh, we're about to get dark. But I think it's a conversation that, you know, needs to have more of a focus on that. But before we get into that, um, we uh, have some more announcements of uh, people coming to the U.S. to perform. Um, so I don't know if I mentioned it last week. Uh, I know I did mention that NCT was coming. We just didn't know when. Um, there was speculation around April or May which is when everyone and their mom, everyone else is coming. SF9 officially announced their date to come here. Um, that will be on April 26th. That's a Friday. That's the same day that Epic High is coming here as well. So it'll. I was thinking about it, and I feel like it'll be very indicative. It's indicative of who will be at each show because I think, so I don't know much about Epic High. I've listened to a couple of their songs. I know who Tableau is. I, I listened to one of their songs. It wasn't really my feel. It's more rap-centric. Um and like less produced, in my opinion, from what I felt. So, um, but I'm gonna give it. Obviously, I need to because they're definitely legends within the K-pop, uh, K, you know, rap um, community. So I need to give them a listen. I haven't yet, but I have a feeling that I'm gonna end up at SF9 because I like their songs. I already know I like their songs. Um, and Jealous. Uh, I'm not pronouncing that right. But when you first hear it, you're going to think it says Jealous. But it's a song called Now or Never. Great song. Um, they have another song called Fanfare that's pronounced Pampare. That's how you say it in like Korean because they don't have an F in Korean, but it's Pampare Uri. Anyway, so I'm pr- I have a feeling I'm going to end up at SF9. So if you're there and you know what I look like, make sure to say hello and tell me you listen to the podcast. And, you know, thanks so much. That would be great. <laughs> anyway, also, uh, we came out with some news that uh, so um, Monster X is performing at the iHeart Music Festival in Las Vegas. Right. So that's some news that's going to be in August. However, news came out that they are also performing. um here in the U.S. at their own concert soon, right? And it was announced that, like, they will be performing in August. So August 10th, they will be coming here on their tour. Choice Music, where I work, made a caption saying uh, they posted it, and they're like, 
I said, thanks uh, to Monster X for realizing that there is a second half of 2019, which means like, yes, you're not overloading K-pop fans with, uh, you know, more concert to go to in the first half of 2019 like you guys, like everyone else is. However, um, the tickets for Monster X, they go on sale. So basically, I, I tried to find the date and I for some reason cannot find a date, but apparently um, the Monster X tickets go on sale within the next week. So it's like, I get the concerts in August, but we still have no time to save. So I uh, pray for every K-pop fan and I, you know, you, you, you would, I guess in a time or a country where you don't get to see your K-pop groups, you're just like America. You guys just are getting everything. But, you know, let's, let's just be thankful that we do get to spend the money. Um, hopefully if we have it on the groups that we would like to see, because some people don't get to see them. So I hope to be at every concert. I will be at every concert. Got to just say that out loud. Also huge news, Monster X is now signed under um, Maverick, which is also the same company that Madonna, um, Miley, Nicki Minaj, Britney Spears, Pitbull, Aerosmith are also signed under as well. It's like a management company for, from what I know, but apparently it's also a label itself. I thought it was just a lab, uh, mag, uh, management company, but it's not because um, their, their manager who previously um, managed BTS, is uh, his name's Ishai Gazit. Um, he's now under Maverick, so essentially he took his clients with him. Um, he had his own company, and I guess he kind of took those people there. So I, I don't know what quite happened, but it's pretty cool. Um, either way, I want to get into this week's interview. Again, I kind of set it up. This uh, person, her name is Dara. I found her through Reddit, and I, you know, to keep up with K-pop news, I read Reddit. Um, and I have in like a Discord chat to see the the Reddit news because um, it just keeps me up to date with what's going on. And um, on Reddit, I found a post that says, um, "As a Black K-pop fan, I am feeling unwelcome in this Reddit subreddit," and that um, automatically caught my eye. And I went to the post to see, you know, what people had said because just being a Black K-pop fan, experience hearing other K Black K-pop fans' experiences in the in the fandoms is very interesting to me. I did a piece on it, sort of for Army and um, what they've had to deal with as far as racism just to um, we didn't really touch on cultural appropriation but this is kind of what you know we'll get into with this interview but just a little background um south korea is known for using a chemical in certain face products to whiten their skin um and some people even within k-pop i think of j-hope and i think of kai from exo um they were ridiculed even sometimes by their members for having darker skin and by darker skin i mean like a light tan so um being pale is celebrated and you know being darker is is generally not um so for people who are of darker skin that happen to like a, an industry that doesn't I guess like it it's it's always an interesting thing to me or seems to not like it and um it's always an interesting thing and also another thing is that um there's a lot that is taken not take taken um and I guess you could use the word appropriation appropriated from black culture within the k-pop industry whether it's the melodies that are used from um former R&B groups um to styles of clothing down to even dreads when when K-pop idols, which as of recent, when I think of it, um, there's a group named Dreamcatcher. They make kind of like, in my opinion, anime-like music within K-pop. It's not my type of style, but uh, they were doing some contests um, and was on a neighbor show. And uh, one of the members was like, didn't win. And so her punishment was to wear dreads. And so, as you can imagine, people were very mad. And, um, you know, people came, uh, you know, 
Some people came to Dreamcatcher's defense. Ultimately, Dreamcatcher and their company called Dreamcatcher apologized. And they said not only did they apologize for, you know, feeling not only did they apologize for offending people, they, they more so apologize for not being more aware because it's their responsibility as a, a company which, you know, and as K-pop continues to grow, it's becoming more and more international. So it's as the, it's their job. You have to be aware of those things. Sorry, you just have to. You know, it just doesn't make sense um, for you to be marketing to international crowds, yet you are alienating and making fun of part of that crowd that you're trying to market to and get money from. So, and for the fans, a lot of the fans, you know, use the excuse of, well, they don't understand that, like, cultural appropriation is a thing. And, like, you know what? I get you don't understand that it's a thing. But if you're within a company that is trying to market to international fans, I'll say it last time. She is a black lesbian K-pop fan that um, stands Luna, which is a very uh, LGBTQ friendly group more. And also being gay in Korea is not um, highly looked upon. So it's frowned upon, essentially. So uh, it's just I thought she would be a great person to reach out to. She's 18 and uh, a black lesbian K-pop fan. And she sounds way beyond her years, more mature than I am. So please give a listen to what Dara had to say. We have uh, Dara on. We um, have never met. This is the first time we've ever, uh, I guess, spoken on the phone or anything like that, corresponded virtually uh, through voice. So um, she, I came across her through um, a K-pop, the K-pop uh, subreddit on, on Reddit, clearly. And um, I came across her because she posted in it saying, um, the I guess the header of it was, as a Black K-pop fan, I'm feeling unwelcome in this subreddit and so obviously um i'm a black woman and just i think anyone who is you know interested in k-pop should have probably stopped and be like wait what and like i would have read into it even if i wasn't black so um i obviously read into it and um i was very unfortunately um it ended up being removed um but i was uh it was interesting to see that and i think that you brought up some well i guess you the points you brought up got I guess removed correct yeah okay and did they move it somewhere else or mm. um no it was just removed okay okay so you posted this and how long after you posting it did they remove it um less than 15 minutes wow okay so they were quick okay so what were your thoughts because I know I know Reddit is very, like their rules on posting things are very strict um and they definitely have discussion-based things on the the I guess page um mm-hmm. so in terms of how you felt um when you posted this when they when you when they saw that it was removed were you surprised and how did you feel I well I was surprised because I thought it was going to be locked more than anything I didn't know if it was going to be uh I knew it was going to be responded to but I didn't know it was going to be removed especially that quickly um especially uh I got a bot on the post that said it was removed because it was auto-flagged many times. So I was like, wait, did people flag this? Um, So I actually emailed the moderators and I was like, why was the post removed? Did I do anything wrong? I didn't see anything in the rules. Mm -hmm. And they said, actually, um, they don't allow any meta discussions. um, discussions? Yeah, like you can't discuss the subreddit on the subreddit so that's why my post was removed oh uh, i see i see okay 
yeah. can't talk about the subreddit on the subreddit. Okay, so yeah. after, after hearing that, what were your, like, how did you feel about that? I, it was really complicated because, I mean, I understood that's the rules, but then I was also like, well, how is this community ever supposed to face anything, um, like any type of discussion about how the community itself is feeling about anything? Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of went afterwards, um, I'm still post in the subreddit, but now I'm just kind of like, okay, well, I know if anything of this happens, then can't really... discuss it um they just told me i have to flaw like flag um different responses that i feel are offensive but um i think the problem isn't necessarily that these responses were um negative and need to be removed it's just some people don't even know what is negative with their response to begin with and that can't really be addressed if i can't ever talk about it so do you feel like after that happened, do you feel more or less inclined to comment or did you do that beforehand, um, you know, on posts that you find a little bit problematic or super problematic? Um, That was, I think, the first or one of the first posts of that type of nature I've responded to. Um, I haven't really been active in the subreddit because um, I haven't really been active in the K-pop community. Okay. Uh, so I just felt like I had to respond in that one specifically because the first, I think like the top response was something that I didn't agree with. And I was like, okay, maybe I should put my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since the day before I actually commented on a post, um, regarding the Luna butterfly, um, teaser. Yeah. And I talked about how it was really important to me as a black woman seeing, um, a black multiple black women in a k-pop music video without it being fetishizing or um dehumanizing and then literally the day after this broke out and i was like oh wow wow i mean speaking of i guess luna um that's one of your groups but i i that was one of the things when i was watching that teaser i was like wait what i was so kind of taken aback i was like oh i'm i think i'm really gonna like this um and Mm -hmm. i definitely like the song and butterfly and there's we're going to talk about that because that's a kind of a thing in itself and what luna is trying to do with um their pool but um i guess you said that you weren't active in the k-pop community mm-hmm. um, was it like you weren't active you took like a little bit of a hiatus and you weren't or was it like you got into it and just hadn't been active until recently um it was more of a hiatus a very long hiatus um i was really into k-pop few years back um back when wonder girls and 21 was like 21 was the oh. groups i was into generation yeah 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 second generation and i was really into those groups and then lost um interest in k-pop why is that and um it wasn't anything negative i was really young um i was in middle school for reference and i just kind of moved on to something differently um also, when I was into K-pop at that time, I wasn't really into K-pop. Like, I only really liked the music, but I didn't know anything about comebacks or I didn't know anything about the members. I just listened to the music. Okay. So you didn't know, like, I mean, the culture itself is like a whole other thing to get into separate from the music. So I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know anything about the culture. I just liked the music. Right. Um, and so I just kind of saw K-pop happening from like the perspective of friends and just being online on Twitter 
Um, and I just saw it, but I wasn't ever really connected to it, not until last year, where um, during the summer, I got introduced to Luna. Um, someone sent me a link to Heart Attack um, from mm-hmm. Chew. Mm-hmm. And I listened to it, and I was like, oh, this is really great. I want to see more of that. And I just watched all their videos. Um, and then I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm back into K-pop. <laughs> from there, um, I guess, why do you, you know, you said Luna was the your kind of gateway back into it. Why mm-hmm. do you stand Luna now? Why do you, okay, so you, I know you said, like, you don't know a lot about the Lunaverse and all that stuff, because I'm sure that's mm-hmm. It already seems very complicated, um, but you you clearly are a Luna stan. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's what you want to call it. Um, why them past listening to heart, uh, Choose Heart Attack? Um, because when I went through all their um, music videos they had released at that time, even the songs I didn't particularly like, they were all very well crafted. The music videos were gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And it was just really interesting to me Um and then there were specific songs that I listened to that I got really into. Um, and that just pulled me into getting to know more about the members, actually listening to the other songs they had, um, their B-sides, and I just got really into them. Luna is interesting. Uh, obviously, for people on, on this podcast, I kind of give... If- for people who don't know it, I just kind of give them a little bit of a definition. Um, Luna is a girl group um, that had been, I guess debuting like for about a year and a half or so um where they were revealing different members each month and as those months were going on they would do like subunits with different members and just different things so they would come out with these physical albums with only two songs on it but like they are the same uh i guess weight as a regular album which is when which is uh, their first album was plus plus for, it was mm-hmm. in the summer um when that came out and um, I think one of the things when I first learned about Luna was that people, I feel like the gay community very much liked Luna, but they had a storyline that was about girls liking a, a girl liking another girl. And like, yeah, that, um, that, yeah, go ahead. If you know oh, it. that, yeah, that was heart attack. That um, was heart could, attack. Okay. Yeah. I could definitely say that factor because um, I am a lesbian and it was spread in a lot of LGBT circles as, hey, this is a music video that is a lesbian music video from this girl group. The song's really nice. And that was a really big gateway, I think, for many um, LGBT fans of Luna, many uh, LGBT orbits to get into Luna and be like, hey, this is something that isn't really... Um, especially since the music video isn't sad, it has a happy ending, and many people were like, oh, okay, this is something that I can get behind. Okay, so I guess the, the main reason why I also reached out to you is because, obviously, it came from the fact that I saw your, you know, subreddit post about, you know, you feeling unwelcome in the subreddit. So before we even get to my next question, because I'm thinking ahead, uh, why did you feel unwelcome in the subreddit? Because it felt like there wasn't even space for discussion from Black fans to talk about what had happened concerning cultural appropriation and possible slurs used by idols. Um, it just seems like any time discussion came around to have, ha- like these discussions came around, um, it would instantly be shut down by people saying, oh, this isn't something you understand, therefore you can't speak on it. And it just left a space that felt like um, people didn't want to hear voices of Black fans. Okay. 
And when did you join the Reddit, the subreddit? You, I, I saw, well, you joined it like years back, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then when did you join the K-pop subreddit? Um, I can't say. It was a few months back, around uh, September or August. Because okay. I do definitely remember being there for um, the Plus Plus album. Got it. Okay. So you had been, you'd just seen a number of times where there were different instances enough for people were talking about appro- cultural appropriation or a certain slur someone used. And it was kind of like, oh, well, they don't know. So what I see a lot of the times in, uh, from watching the different dramas, different things is that, um, and I don't know if you would call it an excuse or if it's just, I, you know, the way things are, but um, I guess it's not an excuse because if you're marketing to international fans, you need to know how to, you know, market to international fans. And mm-hmm. not. so um, a lot of the times it's used, though, is like uh, Koreans don't necessarily know what they're doing is like offensive. It's just kind of like, you know, you just you like I, when I think of Wendy from Red Velvet. Well, she mm-hmm. knows actually. No, she knows the difference. <laughs> I don't know. She does what she does. But like. uh when I think it was like EXO when Chen and Pekyun, like Pekyun drew huge lips on Chen and then Chen said he looked like Kunta Kente. And then they went back and like re-translated it and said he looked like Michael, which is a character modeled off of Michael Jackson that mm-hmm. is very blatantly kind of racist char- cartoon character. Um, and the the argument that people are saying is like, well, they don't know like it's bad what they're saying. Um, is that something that you saw in the problem in the post that you would see when they would talk about it? Like they were trying to use excuses for the offenses that were going on? Yeah, definitely. Um, people were saying, Oh, you can't expect um idols to know because uh it's not really well known or uh you can't expect for them to be uh well versed in issues that concern North Americans. Um uh, I think what really struck the nail is that uh, someone specifically was saying that it was selfish to expect that idols would know about these issues. Um, and I don't think it's selfish for uh, me as a Black fan to expect not to these incidents to happen or um, at least to for idols to apologize. Um, because this was um, on a post where the company came out and apologized for it um so if the company came out and apologized there's at least an understanding what they did was wrong um and a lot of these hmm? the SM, are you talking about the simon says nct thing um no this uh post was a uh, dream catcher oh uh, right yeah yes yeah yes, yes, yes. that was ridiculous yeah. continue <laughs> yeah um so uh and it's just to me, a lot of groups are coming to North America in order to um, have concerts and are trying to be international. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it's a very big expectation to have a little bit of um, knowledge of how not to be offensive, um, especially considering um, there are currently Black people in Korea Mm-hmm. Um, many of them who speak on the issue that they face as Black Koreans. So it's not as if this is something completely foreign to someone who might be living in Korea. Um, 
and it's just more of just how the conversation is just completely shut down um and almost infantilizing towards the idols themselves such as like oh they don't know you can mm. expect them to know but um at the same time um i think it was revealed that sm has training for uh idols to make sure they aren't being insensitive mm-hmm. due to wanting to um reach internationally so it seems like all these things combined it's just not it's just not um fair to like the idol themselves or just to other fans to just simply brush it away by saying oh they don't know i feel that no and i think when you think of it's funny that you say sm and like these other you know uh companies are I guess, making sure that their idols don't say anything um, insensitive because I feel like SM is like probably one of the worst in terms of uh, when it comes to cultural appropriation and even YG can be kind of bad too. So um, given the fact that, you know, you've said your background, you, I can essentially say you are, um, you're black and you are lesbian, right? And Mm -hmm. for a country that seemingly praises lighter skin, um, as white as it can possibly be, and you know, you know, takes a lot from black culture and doesn't really give credit to it, um, and also seems to have a stigma against being gay. That's like you know, when, when I guess it was Heart Attack when they had the description of what that song was about, and then they had to change it ultimately because people apparently didn't like it. The fact that it was about two girls like each other. So um, the fact that those two things are like heavily written within. Korea and um, maybe not the K-pop industry so much, but it still is pre- you know present there. Um, how why why do you still like it? Like why do you still like K-pop if it feels like these, you know, the societal norms within it are not for your own interest? Um, for me, I think it's because I've found other K-pop fans who are black. Um or who are LGBT, or who are both. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being with other fans that are the same and being able to carve our own space um, helps in instances where it feels like we're not being heard so that we can discuss with each other. Okay. Um, and also, um, as a lesbian fan, uh, there is one idol currently who is gay, Holland. Mm-hmm. Um, and just yeah. seeing, yeah, and just seeing support for him, even though generally it's, there's pretty much not that much else there, but just seeing the support compared to a few years back, um, makes me feel like it's changing for the better. And groups like Luda, who, um, are producing videos that, um, are positive representations of, um, of just a storyline that has lesbian characters that could end up happy. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it seems like the bar line can like be very, really low, um, it generally feels like it's getting better, and it's generally something that makes me happy. So it's why I'm still here. I feel that. I completely relate to that, and I see and I, I see why you would stay here. A lot of people say, like, if what they do all this, then why do you like them? It's like, <laughs> I mean, there's more to it than just that. Um, and I guess sometimes also you have to feel like, you know, the members themselves, depending on your opinion, like the member, I, when I think of it, like from the perspective of like, yes, the members are also in this industry that can be racist and, you know, sexist and uh, homophobic, like 
if I have a certain bias, then like, I'm like, okay, well, I know that member likely doesn't, mm-hmm. go, you know, um, but I, I see that through your uh, Twitter it is at lesbian for K-pop, which I, it's such a, I love that username. Um, you stand, you said you current, you're currently standing Stray Kids, Luna, Hyuna, and Triple H RIP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, through, I mean, I guess it's, it's, ma- well, I guess if you count Triple H sort of, it's like half ish male half female Mm -hmm. um and okay so i'm wondering okay with stray kids there's a specific instance in one of their songs it's the mia song um you know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. so where felix and at the end of each chorus so you know how there is they say like they don't when they say i they say nega Mm -hmm. you know uh there's a part where he says nega and then he says i don't know He's like, nigga, I don't know. And I, every time I hear that, I'm like, uh, you didn't have to say that in Korean and then say I right after it. It more sounds like inward, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that every time you hear because I feel like I'm the only one, I'm just like, whoa. I feel like that was purposeful. Also, Felix, you speak English. So like, I was like, uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, I think I didn't get that reaction because um, I do remember uh, a previous song that Chan, um, wrote mm-hmm. it had a song that did seem like the n-word um and then people heard it like that he came out and said no this wasn't our attention we would never uh, do this so i think based off of that i was i'm generally like okay like i this they wouldn't do that like especially after this earlier incident where they were like no of course we wouldn't do that so okay okay so you thought it was it just was how it sounded it was just like lyrically it sounded good yeah yeah good I'm glad to hear us stay correct my uh my army mind yeah by the way I'm (laughs) definitely what I I so in this podcast I love I appreciate other groups but I'm definitely just like army so I my next question is also going to be kind of based off of this mindset and um I was looking through your tweets and I usually everyone I've interviewed like is for the most part like boy group stand but like they have a little bit of a bias towards BTS. Um, and I was reading your tweet and you were like, I've tried to get into BTS. Uh, and the song you said, 134340, um, was like, you like you really like that song. And um, I was wondering, what about BTS has not like pulled you in? I'm just very curious. I think it was a com- it's a combination of the fact that they have so many albums already um and I just didn't feel like taking my time to go through them and listening to their title tracks there wasn't really one that really clicked with me um I did go through one of their albums which is how I found that song because I do have a friend who really loves BTS and I was like okay I'll do this for you I'll listen to their songs and listen to that song I was like oh my gosh okay I see why you love them now yeah Um, yeah no I I get it that I think so it was tear um and in my opinion, I think Tear is their, like, hands down uh, best album that they have. It's very, it's kind of, like, soulful, and not soulful, but, like, there's a lot of R&B, um, even, like, hip-hop vibes that they kind of had not left behind, but more so um, distanced themselves away from, like, in the last two or three comebacks, and so I appreciate that album very much. Um, and aside from the sound itself, they also talk about um, social issues. They don't directly say things about being gay or being black or skin color. They do mention that, obviously, and they mentioned it in the UN speech. Um, for when the, comparing when you were first initially into K-pop with Twenty One, 
um, to now, how have you seen it change in that respect? In, uh, you know, where Big Bang was a huge deal back then, and they definitely were culturally appropriating everything, you know, um, mm-hmm. how has it changed? Or if it has changed, I don't know, if it hasn't changed, then let me know what you think about that, too. Um, so my perspective, I think, is a little different since um, I wasn't really into the K-pop culture. I um, parts of it I do know, like, hasn't changed because I still remember seeing, like, um, people um, putting things under YouTube, on YouTube comments and um, talking about K-pop and um, kind of like how people are like Stan Luna <laughs> right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but actually, I feel like I have a different perspective from many people because I feel like the community itself has gotten better in aspects. Okay. Because um, I remember seeing a lot of fan wars in comments and people arguing over which group is um, the best. And I, I do still see some of that today, but I also see a lot of fans who are legitimately trying to support other groups and who will congratulate other groups when um, they get their first win. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, and even regarding social issues, I see now, like, companies are willing to apologize, or idols themselves are willing to apologize for doing things or speak out about social issues and incorporate them in their lyrics, um, like BTS or Stray Kids, so I definitely do think uh, it's gotten better, just a lot more positive feeling, um, to where I wanted to be part of the community um, compared to before, where I didn't necessarily want to. So I don't know much about how Stray Kids um, is, and I'm not like saying like, oh, tell, like prove me wrong, but like I, I really genuinely don't know much about how they, uh, I know they produce their own music, they write a lot of it, um, especially like Three Racha. How do they compare in terms of, you know, to, you, you know, Luna um, and kind of furthering social change? Um, uh, the very first uh, song of theirs I heard was My, My Pace. Um yeah. Which uh, the song itself is talking about comparing yourself to other people. Um, and like the title, My Pace, is um, basically referencing how the main, um, this what they're trying to get across on the song is that you don't have to like follow what other people are doing. You can go along my pace. Mm-hmm. And I think they tackle more of like um, issues when it comes to like comparing yourself to others or. Um, feeling worthless, um, whereas Luna, um, I honestly listen to Luna more for the music, so I haven't taken a lot of time looking at the lyrics, but I feel like they definitely do show things to the music video, um, and are incorporating that in their lyrics, so they do, I think, talk about very similar issues, and, um, when it comes to loving yourself, like, um, Egoist was about loving yourself, um just show it in slightly different ways right right and um they definitely have a whole universe like we kind of mentioned beforehand where some of them are cyborgs some of them are like dead or not I don't Mm -hmm. know and that's gonna I'm gonna save that for another episode because I really I like hurts my brain um so but Luna you know even in this I felt like, you know, their vibe from the beginning was like, oh, they're this kind of progressive K-pop girl group. Um, And especially with Butterfly, I felt it like the most, when I heard Hi Hi, I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
so confused. Um, yeah. yeah, even as like a Luna fan, um, I think because favorite had come out before, so I was like, oh, okay, they're going to be more of an um, odd eye circle sound, something more like girl crush concept. And then Hi Hi came out, and um, I don't think it was full on cute, but definitely was a lot more cuter than I expected. I was like, oh, okay. Um, uh, it, it, I feel like it's one of those things where I I listen to it and over time I was like you know what I like it and I can't remember who does that high like that belt at the like it's like at the I guess final chorus but I was like okay this is good this is good yeah. I just have to like give it um a couple of listens um mm-hmm. but but as far as their recent comeback with Butterfly what are your thoughts on it and you know you said you liked the video or you you know you paid attention to the video um I watched the the comeback stage and I really really like the fact that they are like really completely covered up and yeah like, long sleeves you know you know obviously long pants and it's just about the the dance moves and like it's not super sexy but it's like I don't know I really like it I'm digging it what do you think I honestly I loved it I was when I um watching the music video itself it's really beautiful and just very Mm -hmm. different from what I've seen of other k-pop music videos um and I think there's many like beautiful k-pop music videos but Theirs just stood out because it wasn't entirely focused on um, the girls. It was on other people outside of Luna um, mm. and actually incorporating that into the group, but also them in that beautiful, um, gorgeous, like floating tower-esque type of um, place with the light. I thought it was shot very beautifully. And then um, I watched the uh, live stage earlier today and being able to see the dance um, fully made me really like, love it. Um, yeah. It was in the music video, but uh, it was cut often by um, shots of the other girls from around the world. Yeah. And being able to see the live stage showed just how amazing their dance is. And um, something that I've seen discussed is how the dance stands out due to how non typically non girl group moves is like in the dance yes yes I think you made a tweet um I think I'm gonna try to find it right now but you made a tweet and you were like I'm so it was actually so funny I'm finding it right now it says um or you you retweeted something and it said so sick of girl groups doing sweet concepts or mature (laughs) concepts what the audience really wants is a 1400s plague doctor girl crush concept and I feel like (laughs) and now oh now I'm thinking I'm like oh that was that was Luna okay now it makes sense. Okay, I thought it was just someone to be being funny, and now I'm, like, thinking of the outfits. I'm like, oh, right. That's them. Okay, there you go. Um, Yeah, it <laughs> definitely wasn't that uh, Girl Crush or or Eggio concept either, which I mm-hmm. agree, you know. Uh, yeah. Who's your, who's your bias in, in Luna? Um, I definitely do have to say it is Jinsoul. Okay, why Jinsoul? Um, because... I was marathoning all of the different members and I was looking at all the music videos and I was like, okay, this is good. This is good. But I don't know like necessarily who's my favorite. And then I saw hers singing in the rain and I was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. she looks, looks so good in the video itself. And um, I think her song is actually my favorite out of all of the singles that was released. Okay. Um, yeah, and the fact that um, when I was still learning everyone in the group and just seeing them all together, I could just instantly pick her out because she did have the blonde hair. 
Um, which Kim Lip at that time also had blonde hair, but she just, I don't know, Jinso just really stood out to me. And I just was like, okay, I guess you're my favorite now. I see, I see. Um, compared to Plus Plus, what do you think XX is uh, trying to do in this comeback? Um, okay, this is my opinion based off of like a one-time listen walking to class. <laughs> so this might not be the most uh, in-depth, but I do think um, Plus Plus had a lot more... Uh, like a high energy feeling to it yeah um whereas xx is a lot more uh very chill vibe Mm -hmm. but i think they both execute what they're going for very beautifully um i agree yeah i mean i think that they could have they were so as like nct when i think of nct they are constantly having like comebacks and Icon is constantly having comebacks and, mm-hmm. um, you know, all these different groups twice. It's kind of, well, well, actually twice is having a lot of comebacks as well. Um, and I think stray kids kind of sprinkles it in here and there, like as best as they can. But I think that, that Luna with as much hype that was around them, they, you would think that they would like pick it up or not pick it up, but like continue that hype like three months later, have a comeback after, um, uh, plus plus came out. But I think, it was nice that they took kind of the, their time to figure this one out. And okay. um, they were teasing those teaser image for like a month and a half. I'll be honest. I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> what is the album coming out? Um, but it definitely seems like a, a good, um, you know, product from what I can tell. And I hope I can't wait for the album to physically come out. Cause I know it's on back order and like delayed. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah, I'd like, I think there were some issues um, because uh, the company changed a different distributor for the album compared to, I think, yeah, for Plus Plus. And it was supposed to come out on the 21st, and then they said they didn't print out enough copies, so everyone's going to get their album delayed. Yeah. Um, which isn't fun, but yeah. uh, they just released. Sales and stuff like that. Like. Yeah. Yeah. That sure. sucks. I mean, um, you know, I was reading something before this interview, and a fan was saying that they feel like Luna is being sabotaged before because of their viewpoints. And they kind of likened them to a BTS when they first started out because they were like, yeah, like, you know, they weren't, they performed on Mnet. It wasn't, yeah, it was M Countdown. Sorry. They mm-hmm. performed M Countdown, but then they didn't post their, their performance. And so that's, I guess what happened with BTS. They got like cut out and then it was like, Oh, their albums are on back order. Like, um, all these different things. And they're like, this isn't just all for nothing. This is because, you know, they're conspiracy, you know, whatever, conspiring to, to bring them down because, I don't know, they kind of hold more progressive uh, viewpoints than most K-pop groups. Do you agree with that or no? Um, I do agree with the fact that this release has been really weird. Um, okay. For example, when they put the album on Spotify, they put it under Luna, but it was a completely different artist. They didn't put it under the rest of Luna's... Um, music so you have to like individually search for the songs which if you search a butterfly is really hard to find before um you could actually find the album like i had to search i had to find a link someone had posted directly to the album or to listen to it and then i think on itunes 
um, it was taken off, and then the company that was distributing wanted it to be uh, only releasing it as singles. You, they didn't want people to buy it as a full album. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it was definitely really weird. I don't know if I'd go as far to say it's a conspiracy. Um, I hope it's not a conspiracy. Right. Um, I do want Luna to do its best, but I think maybe it just... It was a wave of bad luck, especially since uh, two in- members got injured right before the comeback. One broke their nose and one sprained their ankle. And I was like, how did they break their nose? And, and like in the same practice, like, so were they, I, I didn't look, but did they, were they in the, in the comeback? Like, were they on stage? Um, yeah, they were on stage, were. but there was a concert before um, the actual official comeback. Right, um, right. And they were dancing, and um, I think uh, I think it was actually the Butterfly, and uh, uh, there was one member on the floor. Um, Eve, she was on the floor, and um, her nose got uh, stepped on. So oh. she had a broken nose. Oh, it got stepped on. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I got stepped on accidentally, and I think the, um, the other member slipped. Ooh. I'm not entirely sure on that, but or tripped. Um, but yeah, she had I think something wrong with her ankle. Right. Um, right. Wow. Yeah. My God. I didn't know it was all that. Like, or I didn't know it was someone stepped on her nose. Oh my gosh. Um. Yeah. Okay. So well, it's good that they were able to, I guess, be in the comeback. Um, and then miss it. I guess for the the M countdown show, which I guess mm-hmm. was apparently posted late, but I see it all over my timeline right now. So I'm like, Oh, I guess they just posted it really late. Um, but yeah, it seems like everyone's still saying Stan Luna. Um, I was going to ask, uh, do you have like black K-pop fans that are, that you've befriended at, um, at UNC or is it more of like virtually or like back home or, you know, what, how have you made these friends? Um, virtually, I've met K-pop fans at UNC, but not Black K-pop fans, so I definitely do feel like there are some out here. Does <laughs> have to search myself, or maybe, right. I don't know, make right. a club? You know, I- I'm wondering, so do they have, I know they're, like, so at UCLA, obviously it's a huge Asian population as well, but there are a lot of uh, K-pop dance groups, um, and I don't know if there's any just regular K-pop clubs, but it's certainly d- K-pop dance groups, and I'm wondering if they even just have a regular, like, K-pop club. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Um, I, yeah, I've tried searching it up. Um, it didn't pop up, mm. um, but I feel like there probably is one. Maybe I didn't search up the right words. Uh, there's many clubs here, so I'm definitely going to be searching for one, and if I can't find one, then I might just start one of my own with friends that I have. Um, that's a good idea be the one to spearhead it and then uh you know create the community that you wanted for yourself and you know you do that for others so it's a win-win um but yeah this is this is great um thank you again for doing this um and being willing to trust me (laughs) and that I'm not like super creepy uh trying to interview you through reddit um you guys want you can follow Dara at lesbian for k-pop on twitter um and obviously maybe if you are on reddit as well you can take part in the discussion and even start the discussion uh regarding cultural appropriation um 
and the maybe racism within K-pop because it needs to happen and it needs to continue to happen. So thank you again, Dara, for, you know, bringing this subject to light. And if you want, you can also DM me at E-M-I-H-A-Y-D-E-L on Twitter and Instagram. And as always, you can go to believe.com to listen to the episodes or to the iTunes podcast app, or you can listen to us on Stitcher or the TuneIn app. Um, We will see you guys next Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.